0: What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 14 of the Noise Podcast, brought to you by noise.co.uk. I am your host, slash your boy, Chris Pugh, and I'm joined by my very good friend and Mr. Cynical himself, Samuel Lewis. Mate, how are you?
1: I'm absolutely fantastic, buddy. How about yourself?
0: Mate, I am absolutely amazing. We've got an episode to go through here.
1: I can't wait for it, man. Another good one.
0: If this is the first time you listen to us, this is a fortnightly rock and heavy metal podcast. Uh, We're going to break down this week new album from Thy Murder, called Human Target, Uh, We're going to talk about new songs from Asking Alexandria and Killswitch Engage. Sam's going to go through number 70 to 58 of his greatest metal albums of all time. And I had the absolute fucking privilege of being at 2000 Trees. I got home literally a day ago as we record this. Uh, So I'm going to talk about some of the great bands I saw there and what an amazing time I had uh, with one set in particular that I just cannot wait to divulge how absolutely absurdly brilliant it was. Follow us on Twitter at Noise UK and you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Noise UK. Uh, recently uploaded uh, to Noise.co.uk with live reviews on Babe Metal and the St. Pierre Snake Invasion. And we've got album reviews on Three Teeth, Metawar, and Jamie Lemon Shuffle. So again, UK for all your news reviews and live reviews as well. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. Now, when me and Sam first started this uh, podcast, I think like the Noise. Subscribe was like forty-seven or forty-six on YouTube. We're on eighty-two now, which doesn't seem like a, a, a massive increase. However, uh, this is a small podcast that's literally done outside of the spare room in my house and Sam's bedroom. So, literally every subscriber and follower that we get means a lot to us. And my original, as we did this, my original thought was when we get to a hundred subscribers, that's when we've achieved something. And Uh, anything from that to Baroness and we're getting close man so if you get to subscribe to us on YouTube it would mean a fucking lot to me if you could uh, hit that subscribe button but you can also get this podcast on Apple Music, Stitcher, Radio, Audio, Boom anywhere you could possibly listen to a podcast apart from Spotify we're still working on it, trust me (laughs) Uh, (laughs) the last episode that we did of this uh, was probably the best we've ever done wasn't it Sam I'd say yeah I really fucking love that one uh, we went into more detail than I could possibly describe on Slipknot's debut record, uh, and I did my review of Download as well, which was a fucking really great time, and I saw some really sick bands. So uh, if you haven't checked that one out yet, uh, listen to that one, because I don't know, man, I, I don't know whether I want to sound uh, too obnoxious by saying this, but I, I don't think you'd find many more podcasts that have, have gone as far in depth on that Slipknot debut, um, debut well. Again, we don't know whether we're going to call it a debut record. The slip not self-titled record uh, mm-hmm. than, than me and Sam did. So, check that out, man. Uh, something else I wanted to mention as well, just before we crack on. Uh, this week's outro is going to be emissions by a band called Overthrown. We're just going to quickly divert into a review on that shortly. Uh, but that's, man... <laughs> the first time I discovered this band, I was watching uh, Blood Youth at Mama Ru's in Birmingham. I was sent down there to review the show. And um, I, I, I made a special effort to get there to see all the bands. Whenever I'm reviewing a show, I always make a, a, as good an effort as I can after work. Sometimes it is difficult to get there and see all the bands. But on uh, and, and this one of the occasions where I did, And me and the guy that I was with, uh, I overthrown this band from Birmingham I opened. And I, ta- I like I nudged him. I was like, mate, these are a bit fucking tasty, aren't they? These. And then I saw them again, support Make Them Suffer um about a month or a month and a half, two months later. And again I was like, fucking hell mate, these are these are really fucking good. So when I discovered that they released this new track Emissions, I thought what a perfect time to get them maybe a little bit more exposure and just chat about them with you. Uh Sam, Emissions by Aberthran, what you saying? I really like
1: this. This is um if if I sort of wrote an instruction manual on how to write a song that would please me, not that Emissions really need that as one of their objectives moving forward or anything, but um if that was one of their objectives moving forward. I think they've sort of nailed it with this one. It's heavy, it's thick, it's chunky, the guitar riffs are nice. It's got a sort of hypered vocal sort of feel to it, the chorus is nice and expansive. Um it's really the archetypal great modern metal track. Really enjoyed listening to it today.
0: Yeah, this is a bit of fucking me, this is. Um, because, uh, <laughs> yeah, when you uh, when when I when I first heard I have a throne and I was watching them when I support Blood Youth, I thought yeah man, this is this is geared right towards me this. Um I'm really I'm fucking I'm really into this band man. Like I really love like the ghost inside and fit for a king and Gideon and stuff. So when I was when I was listening to this, I was like, I think man, these these band, I think they're fucking really onto something. Um so yeah, that was just a quick review by emissions. Of emissions by Overthrown. I'm going to chuck it at the end of the uh, the outro of this uh, episode and I'm going to put a link to them in the description. Check them out, man. If you're into fucking metalcore, fit for a king, the ghost inside, they're going to be right up your fucking street, man. I think uh, they're a really sick band. I'm really interested about what's coming for them. We're going to get straight on with the show because it's going to be another long one today. And the last episode we did was nearly two hours, so I'm very conscious of time again. Uh, Sam, uh, let's start with your greatest metal album. Of all time, this one uh number seventy, absolutely, so we're starting a new category today and
1: also finishing <laughs> the same category <laughs> um simply because um this one we've reached is the underground gems area of the list. now, the reason I created this list is I want to span the genre as a whole, and there are some albums that without which the genre wouldn't have moved forward, the genre wouldn't have reached as far out as it has and if you know anything about metal, you know that there aren't just one version of metal. There isn't just the mainstream metal. There are a whole plethora uh, of subgenres and sub sub and a variety of different sort of musical pathways where it sort of branches off from the very mainstream in the middle um, to the incredibly extreme. And this section, I hoped, was a tribute to that um bands that have created legendary albums within their genre that aren't aren't as impactful in the mainstream metal world as say you know your master of puppets vulgar despise of power those sort of albums, but without which we wouldn't have the list and expansion of extreme metal that we have uh today and the variety that metal enjoys um is partly down to these sort of albums um I'm gonna rattle through them simply because if i spent 10 minutes talking about some of these bands. We would be here uh, until this time next Thursday. And it would just be really, really difficult. And I do want to spend the majority of the time talking about the albums that we could really dive into individually, whereas these as a group, while having their individual contributions, are all very similar within this. If you're going to get into metal after the first 20 to 25 albums that you absolutely have to hear, these are like, if you start to like it a little bit, left of the road, so to speak, a little bit darker, then these were the albums where to start. And I'm just going to rattle through stopping at opportune points um, for some little anecdotes so I can remember them and recall them as we go along. So I'm going to start at number 70. And the first album is Light Into the Nations by Diamond Head. Um,
0: an album without which we wouldn't have had Metallica. Yeah, I've, I figured uh, at some point Diamond Head would make it into this list.
1: Yeah, it's it's the solo appearance here. It's got the title track, Am I Evil? Um, which was inspired by uh, the Mars Symphony, and it was um, in- incredibly impactful uh, of its time. Without which, we wouldn't have had some um, new wave of British heavy metal bands such as Iron Maiden, which then inspired the the thrash sound that Metallica later hound on Kill 'Em So that's 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 why Diamond Head are there. And I actually interviewed um, the the vocalist once, Brian Tatler, very very long time ago and despite the fact that I was, like, 17 and really unprofessional, he was just such a nice bloke, so I wanted to mention that. Um, Next one is an album that is literally as dark as it sounds, Chris, I want to say, Anthems to the Welkin at Dusk. (laughs) Uh, Is there a more Grebo album title than that? Um, By by a band called Emperor. Uh, Now, Emperor, uh, interesting anecdote, between this album, which is their second album, and their debut album, uh, One their guitarist got taken down for arson. Now, Chris, I uh, guess what building do you think they
0: might have been setting fire to? <laughs> what I do wanna you think? S- I want to say something to do with something to do with religion. <laughs> Bingo. Uh, Emperor, actually,
1: um, are one of the foremost bands that started the church-burning craze, I guess, that happened throughout Scandinavian metal, throughout black metal, which added to... Now, I know people are going to be like, yeah, what's going to do with the music? But the, the, the aura of metal, of it being a lot like, of frightening impactful notorious genre a lot of it is birthed in the more extreme stuff and emperor have done more to further that on top of it being one of the foremost black metal releases of its time the aura of metal and the reputation of metal is just as important um pretty much every band on this list um wrote their album to terrify its listeners and um this is this is absolutely no exception the next one is napalm death scum
0: yeah, again, um, like I figured these would make an appearance.
1: The the creators and innovators of Grindcore featuring a six-second song called You Suffer.
0: Um, yeah, uh, I remember me and you listening to it a few times.
1: Which is just like
0: a guy coughing
1: over a riff, it sounds like. Um, but honestly, like it, it, it pretty much created and, and, and perfected a genre um, over the course of like an hour and a half. Um, really impactful, and they've got a massive underground following when they play Download. They had a massive crowd, despite the fact they were playing like a tent, um, which sort of speaks to the level of reputation that Napalm Death have enjoyed. Uh, the next one up is again a, t- a typically grebby title, Bathory, under the sign of the black mark. Uh, oh no, man, like I'm not even making these up. Uh, the this is these are the metal bands that everyone who doesn't listen to metal thinks metal sounds like. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like when you say, "Oh, do you like metal," and I think, "Oh yeah, with the face paint and the church burning and the screaming," yeah, these are those actual bands, um, <laughs> <like> <laughs> the real ones. Um, in in um, Bathory here are just it's the same sort of thing. It's it's one of the legendary late '80s um, black metal releases that led to like the the wave of like sort of heavy black metal and uh, and, and hardcore metal that look, sort of led to like Opeth and, and band, bands of that ilk and, and without bands like Bathory and Emperor and some of the other bands that were coming up to we wouldn't really have a bloodstock and an extreme metal and presumably lots of random sacrifices up and down Scandinavia um <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean so there's, there's a lifelong legacy here the next one up is exactly the same a band called Entombed um with Left Hand Path which alongside Bathory really set the mark for some of um, some of the genres more extreme metal. Honestly, after you listen to like the first Slipknot album, you're like, you know what, I'm kind of digging this sort of ball-tingling sort of uncertainty that makes me feel like I'm at a dentist appointment, but I'm also listening to metal at the same time type of discomfort. If you listen to Bathory and Entombed, you'll you'll honestly, man, your toes curl a little bit, um, because of just the level of like sinister sort of music, and, and, and it is it is an experience in and of itself, but an extreme metal was birthed in a few of these bands, and that's the reason why we have like Bazard like Dimu Borgia and Cradle of Filth, you know what I mean? Like without these bands that, that this, this wouldn't have happened. The next one is Morbid Angel, Altars of Madness. Um pretty much pretty much the same, pretty much the same thing here, like sort of expansion of extreme metal and thrash metal and um that have become like sort of legendary in their own. actually morbid angel were massive influences on the Rev, um who became ah. a in Avenged Sevenfold.
0: Amazing. Um, yeah, uh, the next one is a band we can actually talk about, Chris, uh, At The Gate, Slaughter Of The Soul. Oh, wow. Dude, um, let's talk about how you first introduced me to this band. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. So a couple of years ago, me and Chris decided that the best thing we were going to do for each other for Christmas, because we're gay like that, was buy each other an album that we'd not lift, look, neither of us had listened to. Um, but one of us thought the other one should listen to. So, for example, Chris bought me a Let Live album. That, that is
0: beautiful. He, Absolute fucking ripper. That i had never
1: actually immersed myself into. So he was like, you need to listen to this. And I thought, Chris likes metal. Here's a band that changed my perception of what extreme metal could sound like. And really kicked off in 1993, modern metalcore. And I showed him showed him the same thing. And you tell me, Chris, like, this, is, this is as close to perfection as an early 90s metalcore album is, really, isn't it? Just the heaviness, the guitar work for its time... It, it's 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 a it's a really it's a really incredible release.
0: Oh mate, this is uh, Black Sabbath's debut for metalcore. This is
1: oh hundred percent.
0: This is this ah. is it, mate. This is uh, this is where it all begins. I I I think <laughs> me and you have said this before. You know you could probably pick apart every metal song of all time, and and if you go back far enough, you'll find Black Sabbath. It might take you a long time with some metal bands, but eventually, yeah, eventually you would end up at Black Sabbath again. And for every metalcore band in existence right now. You could go if you take it back and back and back. It might take you a while with some, but eventually you end up at either Cold, Blinded by Fear, or Slaughter of the Soul, or three, or three feature on this album. It's not so. It's not like one of my favorite albums of all time of because course. because metal metalcore has moved further on from this not. And I, I love metalcore the way it is now but I mean, I mean true metalcore not fucking the weak shit like fucking bless the fall i mean the real, i mean the real metalcore um you but, don't dilute our metalcore yeah <laughs> but this i absolutely respect as had it not been for this 40% of the bands i love aren't in existence this is a massively important album this is really fucking great choice um i mean i don't know I, th- I think if if your list was based specifically on influence, I think it's been much higher up the list in terms of a, a pair of influence.
1: Yeah. But I, obviously I, it's
0: based on much more than that.
1: It is, it is. So the, ne- the, next, the next set of categories sort of influence why these lot are down here. The next the set of categories are without which we wouldn't have metal in the state that it is now as an overall genre. Yeah. In any, in any policy rather than... That's what it takes away. So for example, I think... At the Gate, Slaughter of the Soul influenced metalcore massively. However, I think.
0: um, Metalcore is a subsector of metal. Precisely uh, where metalcore was influenced
1: by metal. I'll give it South of Heaven by Slayer, which influenced the overall feel of metal as a whole genre. Do you know what I mean? That's my difference here. So you can pick out a few albums in the next category and I I could differentiate about why it influenced the whole genre rather than a specific subsection. Um, The same thing with the next one. Death symbolic is number 63 uh the very first death metal album um it's appropriate that we that we talk about death prior to reviewing thy Art is murder because you could sort of draw the trail yeah Yeah. um sepultura chaos id um one of the first oh my i was expecting this to be way higher um again but it's it there are other sepultura albums that are higher right um I'll, i'll leave it there um, that had a greater impact on the genre and were more successful And I think of higher quality. However, have chaos ID. It's influence on the re-energization of thrash metal in the early to mid nineties. And you can root Sepultura's success, not directly back to this, uh, this album, but it certainly started a great deal of it off. Um, just, re- just really superb. Uh, if you if you're into if you're into your thrash stuff and interceptor you have to start with one of these albums, um, This and Roots and a few others. Uh, next up is uh, I'm going to pair a couple of these together now because they're sort of in the same thing. I'm going to pair uh, King Diamond, Melissa, which is one of the very first prog metal albums, alongside Danzig by Danzig off the album Danzig, <laughs> um, like Black Sabbath's first album, and then um, Queensrÿche Operation Mindcrime, which is the very first concept album in metal pretty much ever and spawned loads and loads and loads of bands later on um that would sort of pair like ideas as an overall thing including bands like sort of Iron Maiden and things like that later on um but Operation Minecraft really sort of set it up and finally at number 58 we're gonna have Venom Welcome to Hell which released in 1981 um was the first metal album I hope I think I'm right in saying this the first metal album ever to really refer to like satan and like the devil and that that sort of connotation started to be, started to be properly explored now sabbath were already sort of doing this in the 70s um but it was like sort of employed like in in their opening a few albums and things like that like you know the the figure of fire and all this sort of stuff but venom really kicked off like in the early 80s the whole Yeah, we're like all about sacrifices and blood and and killing things. And like they really sort of started again. The metal notoriety, which is pretty much this whole category is about, because if you just did it on musical quality, metal doesn't have the impact socially that it does. And metal as a genre is rooted in its ability, not just to impress you with its musicianship and draw people together. One of the lures of metal has been its notoriety. And it's the fact that, you feel by listening to it, you listen to something that would like scare the average person or they wouldn't like it. And there's an, ed- ed- there is a subtle level of, 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 of sort of rebellion to it and things like that. And, and some of these albums really kicked off the most extreme version of that without which we wouldn't have metal as a far reaching and respected genre among so many people as it is today. And I think those albums deserved a little bit of a shout out for that.
0: Yeah, mate, that was really fucking interesting. Like for someone like me, like, I know a fair bit of of metal, but as we as we've discussed on this podcast before, your knowledge backdates quite a bit further than mine. Um, man, I, I fully back that. That was fucking awesome. What's the next category for next week for next time?
1: Um, so the next category title reads: "If it wasn't for blank metal, wouldn't be blank." So it, that, is, or- that is an interesting one. So, the idea is, is you put the album title in the first blank and then you explain the effect that it has. So, basically, uh, my thesis going forward is for this category, I will be able to tell you without blank, metal wouldn't be blank for every single one.
0: Matt, I love how much you've thought in how much thought you put into this, man. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> that you put more thought into this than your fucking dissertation. Uh, that's actually accurate. That's very true. <laughs> uh, my dissertation
1: is 15,000 words about... I, 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 maybe racism, I think. Um, something about football. I, I insult the sun a lot in a lot of it. Um, right but, for you, so. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just uh, it's just fancy words like that. But yeah, I think I think I really have, genuinely.
0: How many albums are in the next category? Yeah,
1: we're going to have to break this up a little bit further than we did this one. Uh, this one spans from 57 to... 33 oh man right okay big big, thick category this one big category because there's loads of albums in here without which metal wouldn't sound the way that it does and it also allows me it allowed me to get to a top 30 which then allowed me to stop at number 19 which has like a which is my 19 to 5 category and then i've got a top four which is like the mount rushmore right I've thought about this too much, maybe. Mate,
0: it's going to be a wonderful fucking time going forward. <laughs> it's starting to get to the real meaty part, man.
1: Yeah, man. Uh, I, I would expect you to have at least either heard or be like, oh, yeah, I understand that for every single album now, for every single metal fan listening to this. I don't think I have to really work hard to justify a lot of these albums now.
0: But we're still going to talk about them in depth Mouse. for the oh, time, that probably one, because me one, and you are one going one to be so loudly justifying them for every <laughs> podcast we do
1: and every social interaction I have with any metal fan moving forward, no doubt about
0: it. So, moving on to single reviews, uh, we didn't do any of these last week simply because the show was just too stacked for us to uh, to add any We'd we'll still be
1: recording the last one if we did single <laughs> reviews.
0: I haven't added any news into this episode either. For, for what the main reason, there was nothing really that happened in the news over the last two to three weeks that I really wanted to discuss with you. So I thought now would be a good time to talk about uh, some of the singles that have come out recently that I felt like chatting with you about. Uh, first one, uh, The Violence by Asking Alexandria. This hasn't come with an announcement of an album, although you would expect one to be announced for the band sometime soon. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean... I mean, it's important that I preface this with I'm expecting you to have really found some issues with this. So maybe I should just throw to you first uh, the violence asking Alexandria.
1: Can I say that I don't have issues in the so- with the song in isolation? I think it's decent. Right. But, 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 but. I, <laughs> I think it's a very strange situation of asking Alexandria to be in. And it sounds like They got in a room with Danny WarSnop and said, Danny, we'd like you to be the singer again. And he said, all right, but I don't want to end up doing any of that metalcore shit anymore. And I said, but Danny, we really like the metalcore shit. Will you please come back? And he said, can we make it a little bit rockier at least? And I'll scream a bit. And I say, "Okay, we'll do like a we'll do some heavy stuff. And Danny's already shaking his head. All well, right, we'll do some heavy stuff at the start. Shaking his head. All well, right, we'll we'll play a rock song and then you scream at the chorus a bit. And he says, "Yeah, right. We can make that work." It's that's what it sounds like to me. It sounds like they've really negotiated something. And then when he sings the lyric, um, looks like you got what you asked for. It kind of sounds like he's talking to his own bandmates. Um, like, well, you you did want me back. I mean, I've been doing Falcon Country albums the last two and a half years. What did you legitimately expect? um so i like the song in isolation um because i kind of like nickelback and it sounds a bit like nickelback i'm not gonna lie and like a heavier version and i quite like danny warstop's voice but if i was a diehard asking alexandria fan i don't know what i'd do with this
0: yeah this is a this is a tough one man like
1: uh, if you if you really fucking loved the first two asking alexandria albums you'd be like i this band are unrecognisable now. And I don't mind the recogn—I don't mind the change. Bands have to go some changes. But from the context of what they were and what the sort of songs you would expect them to produce and things like that, it does sound like they've just sacrificed everything that made them in Alexandria to have Danny Wolfstop in the band.
0: I think the best thing about this album, this album, sorry, this song is the opening riff. Yeah, riff's good. Riff's good. And then outside of that, There's not a lot here for me that I I really found, like, that I thought this was good ground for the band to be on. Now, the thing is, it does make sense for them to take this kind of direction because, going off of what you said, it's clear that either Danny Walzlop has come back and says, I'm not coming back into a metalcore band, I don't want to do it anymore, or the band have collectively just grown out of being a metalcore band, which happens, and that's fine. But the I problem... be-
1: definitely believe it's the former Chris because that album they did without him was not like this.
0: That, that's true, and that is a very good point to make. If you were if you were standing by the, there's no way they all decided to just be a rock band. There, the the, the, the <laughs> problem is that it's quite clear that metalcore is what the band are best at by quite a considerable distance. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think they're that great of a metalcore band. <laughs> yeah, this is a problem. So, w- when you're doing this kind of thing, and you've moved into into a rock band, you know what, mate, as I'm sure we're going to get to a bit later on in this podcast, and people can probably pick the bounds out of what I'm saying, it's kind of important sometimes the bands do something a little bit different, because if you do too much of the same thing, eventually, it's just like, well, that's them, and I guess it's just another part of the pie that makes them them. Do you know what I mean? That's a weird, uh, al- that's a weird analogy. I know, I know what you mean. Like, you, you sign up for change. Like, being a, if you're a big fan of
1: Radiohead, then you sign up for every album being like a, a, a roulette, don't you? Yeah.
0: And this song... shit
1: shitted. Very shitted.
0: <laughs> this song, <laughs> the, the chorus, man, I, I'm just not feeling it, mate. It's uh, fucking
1: cheesy, isn't it? Wouldn't you hear this at Raw, wouldn't you? Yeah, man. it's Rest for violence. It's like, man, <laughs> <laughs> fucking stop, stop. Can I say something? Can I say something as, I say something as Mate, well? So please. I, I have because I've had thoughts. Um, you know when he did the country stuff and we we're like, Danny stick to metal. I'm hearing this now and I'm like, Danny, stay away from metal. Danny, go back to blues. Yeah, exactly. Go back to blues because stop trying to get blues in asking Alexandria. It doesn't work. Like he's like sitting in the Alex asking Alexandria like studio and like they're playing like a riff and he's like, yeah, could we have that? But like with a sax player or like, can we have that? But you know, like, you know, a little bit more like Chuck Berry and that, and and the guy's like, got like black fingernails and like fingerless gloves. And he's like, no, Danny, we can't do it. Like a bit like Chuck Berry because we're a fucking metal band. <laughs> Like, I've got nothing, nothing against the Blues. I love the Blues, but it, it just... This is just weird. This is really, really... It's like a it's like a sandwich that just doesn't work. The hell's to explain it. I, I, I It's just really odd. It's kind of unsettling, actually.
0: I mean, it's definitely unlike anything they've ever done before. If you were... Yeah. If if, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you were going into... If you were thinking about New and Alexandria material and hoping for something that takes a complete different direction from from where their last their self-titled album uh left off then maybe this would do something for you in the sense of the, the the surprise factor but outside of that man I I'm struggling with this I'm I'm worried about this I'm assuming album that comes so I'm worried about it. the the worry is is that typically um
1: the first single is one of the stronger songs yeah like, history would tell us that, that, that that's usually how it works. In which case... Oh, I, I can't, I can't. I actually can't wait in, like, a weird version. Or, or this weird cynicism. I can't wait to hear the entirety of this album.
0: It's strange, because did you listen to the self-titled album, Sam? Yeah. What no, did you think of it? It was okay,
1: but I thought that they... Sounds ironic, but I, I really thought they missed Danny for a level of vocal sort of variety. And it was just a bit like... If that album would have been their debut album, they'd have never got signed.
0: Well, yeah, because I remember. You know what I mean? Like he did
1: nothing about it. I remember
0: me, you, and Martin back in the soundcheck days reviewed the black, Black. yeah, and we were like, gave it a four. (laughs) Yeah, Martin was like, I I can't stand this. He's like, I I don't like it all, and I was like, I I was struggling with it. I remember me saying the song titles alone are really difficult for me to, like, get along with... because they're so just cliche and stuff... and Denny Stoff is a good uh, Metalcore vocalist... but uh, Denny Stoff being in rumor room with Ben Bruce... didn't create the the, the level of, of Metalcore quality... that had been pre-faced with Alexandria... because, man, uh, you know... say we want not to ask Alexandria... mate, they've done some fucking... they've done some decent albums, man... From Death to Destiny... I think it's a fucking banging album. I absolutely fucking love that. Uh, I really like their uh, debut album as well. Um, and, I, and I think... Yeah. I, remember cha- change, I think I remember chatting to you before and I was talking to you about moving on on um, From Death to Destiny. And this is when I didn't, I didn't know much about how much you knew about it. You were like, oh yeah, I fucking love Moving On. From Death to Destiny is a really good album. So that, you know, that, And that's that's where the line between his vocals and their metal
1: bandedness is perfect. Yeah. That's the that's the blend that works, because if you overdo it too much, Danny, it sounds like this weird offshore Blackstone cherry, and if they do it too metal, it just sounds like they're a metal band with the with a karaoke vocalist, and it sounds really really stra- like an old metal band like Dio when he was like running out of stuff and they were playing really heavy wrists but he couldn't hit the note. It was really you know what I mean. Like either way, they need, that blend was perfect. This is like. All right, Danny. Whatever you want, just be in the band, please.
0: Yeah. Um, fuck. I'm worried about this album, Sam. That comes. I, I assume comes probably before the end of the year. Bold, well, first, bold take. This is their last album ever. Is that is that what you, first instinct from this song? Is that what you're going from? Good reaction. We don't hear another
1: Asking Alexandria song in this iteration or this lineup ever again. Album, you mean? Yeah. 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 Sorry, no, and like another album after this. I think this this kills them, I think.
0: Be interested when that album comes out, mate, and we'll review it or we'll see whether that stands up.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's going to be um, mid time.
0: <laughs> so, something else I'm actually worried about, mate Kill Such Engage Unleashed. Um,
1: You're oh, concerned?
0: Yeah, I am, mate. I've got to be honest with you.
1: Counterpoint before you get to this. point before you get to this. Were you, you expecting expecting it to be different
0: right now this is this is the problem i'm, I'm glad you said that because you've just you per- built me the perfect bridge oh, oh cross I'm, that bridge i'm worried that kill Such and gage's last ever great metal song is going to have been in due time on that comeback record that they had with jesse um because quiet distress which is on Incarnate, yes. is a really is a really good song I, I wouldn't classify that you wouldn't classify that as your classic kill Engage and gage song would you <laughs>
1: um, no, I, I I really like it as a personal choice, but it's, I understand why it's not in set lists.
0: Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I think it's a sick song, but it's a ballady, Kills which engage song? I want a bit metal. Kills which engage songs? I, okay, I, I I'm. But in that, fear. that's your personal definition of what makes a great kill song. Although I agree with you, that is subjective. Oh, of course, mate. Why are we doing this podcast? Do you know what I mean? Oh, um, okay. fair, fair point. Um, Look at you having opinions and stuff. <laughs> the thing with this. Is that when I press play on this a couple of about a week or so ago when it first came, every two weeks ago, I, I knew exactly what was going to come, and I'm I feel like this song is perfectly decent, and I'm quite worried that the new album Atonement, which is out on August 16th, so just over a month, I'm quite worried that that's exactly what this album will be, perfectly decent, just like Incarnate was perfectly decent i remember me and you were, were kind of into some kind when it first came out but i thought to myself when was the last time me and you mentioned a song to each other from that album we don't we don't we don't yeah. talk about that album so obviously that album when it first came out we were like no no strength of the mind is good because it's got a really good riff and quiet dishes is an amazing song but once the dust settles it just become an album you put it that, back uh, on the that shelf don't you put it yeah. back on the shelf gains the dust and you just don't you don't think about it ever again because it didn't do anything outside of a seven out of 10 switch Engage song and i've always i, I don't want that for kill switch because the first 7 years of their career they're one of my favorite bands of all time i fucking adore their first like seven years. I think they're absolutely yeah. fucking incredible. We've had we've had twelve years since then, Chris. And that is exactly the problem. L- looking at looking at the maths, that that's the outlier. We saw them support Parkway Drive at ask um Alexandra Palace. Now the sound yeah. of the venue didn't do a lot for them, I will I will give them that. But I remember us kind of like being after like Oh man, that was I was kind of hoping for, for more. Like I mean, the, you know, they were perfectly fine, but they're supporting kills. they supporting Parkway at a ten thousand all standing venue. I was kind of hoping for them just to come out of the blocks and kick the shit out of me. But they made a bit too much of an excuse to put the new stuff in, yeah. And that was kind of what drilled it home to me that Incarnate wasn't a good album because I was. Well, disapp- you weren't excited to hear them. I wasn't excited to hear any of the new songs unless they'd have dropped in quiet distress. And I was like, oh, actually, turns out then I don't actually think Incarnate's that good of an album. And, mate, Atonement out next month. This song has got a fucking good riff. Adam D kills it yet again. Jesse sounds great. The screams when he says, Unleash the Devil in Me. Fucking dirty, low, grungy. I'm into it. But step back a little bit. And I'm just like, this song could have quite easily have been on Incarnate. And I still wouldn't have cared for Incarnate. I'm worried about atonement, Sam. I've got our, um, I've now me and you have bought tickets to see Killswitch. I was gonna say <laughs> we've had this conversation. Yeah, I was really un-
1: unenthused by all their new songs and their last performance. Which is why I spent money to go and see them again on their own.
0: But however, however, yes, if they play, if they play three off Incarnate and three off Unleashed. And seven from the back catalogue. I'll I'll walk out of that gig and I'll say to you, mate, how amazing was that? And you'll say, mate, that was fucking incredible when they played my last serenade. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah,
1: I know. I,
0: oh I'd, I'd, I'd pay 30 quid to watch seven Kill Such Engage songs from pre-2009. Absolutely. I'd do it every day of the week. So, after me describing what I think I've unleashed, it does seem strange that i will just pay 30 pounds for a ticket to see them. However, and rope me into doing the same. You mean it's <laughs> brick. Rope Roped you my arse. <laughs> I've been up to... to the gig. Yeah, all right. Mate, oh, I dang... you had arse. You had mate, me... <laughs> mate, I dangled the carrots and you bit my hand put I up to my elbow. You I like of okay? Fuck, Jesus. So, mate, what are you thinking of this? Because I haven't actually come to you yet. Unleashed kill switch. Um, yeah, it's, it's third gear. I enjoyed. The, I enjoyed the riff. That
1: being said, uh, that being said, like, I, I I completely echo your sentiments in terms of. This is a standard middle of the road killswitch song. If it was, if they wrote this when Daylight like Dies came out, would it have got on the album? Oh, I don't think so, mate. Because that's the let, let, let alone time. be one of the worst songs on the album. Would it have got if it was on? If they wrote it at the same time as um, My Last Serenade, would it? Uh, not My Last Serenade. as uh, End of Heartache. Maybe it gets on near the end, but I'm, I'm not too sure they're that bothered about it. <laughs> like, um, that being said, that being said. Is it fair? It opens up lots of questions here. Is it fair to judge uh, an entire band's discography by constantly harking back to their best work? It, it's like it's like if you woke up every came back from work every day and said, "Well, that day was shit because it wasn't as good as my best day at work ever."
0: Oh, absolutely. Mate, I, I, I understand what you're saying. I do agree you.
1: Do you know, do do you know what I mean? Is it, is it is yeah. it fair? And and, and 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 I know it sounds and it sounds so cause like it's happening to bands that peaked when we were teenagers, but bands get older. Bands aren't as intense. Bands aren't as heavy. Bands don't sound as good. Absolutely. Uh, um, the band. I don't want to go as far as say they sound tired, but they sound mature. And I don't I'm... think. And I don't think maturity suits metal. I'm sorry. Um. Good. Uh, I would. I would say with some certainty, 80% of every. And it's a general fucking blanket statement. That someone will contradict me on with evidence, and I'm fine with it. But 80. I reckon 80% of every metal band's ever best albums in the first three probably like just blanket statements metallica and backwards every band's best albums in their first three or at least four four's pushing it but that's just when the intensity happens when you're young and you're writing your best tunes and and like you're you're always hanging out with each other and you don't resent each other and you're not a millionaire yet it just happens it just happens whereas kill switch now i think we had this conversation when we saw them Like we were like why aren't they touring headline all the time and we kind of had a conversation where it was like, well, do they need to? Do they want to? Are they just bringing out an album to go on tour again, collect their money, go home, knowing full well that I've got a crowd of people that will see them, like me and you, we're probably going to see them another four fucking times in the next decade or something, uh, see them every time, pay the 30, 40 quid and send them home. Because they peaked. They've peaked. And that that it does not. there, there are... The music industry is not littered with bands that have released their best material in album number twelve. It just doesn't it just doesn't happen unless you're like a like a singer songwriter or like a band of like incredible ability. It just doesn't happen. Bands 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 go older. And I think this is just what's happening. And I think this is gonna start to happen to a lot of bands around that era. Like, you know, I think we'll start talking about it trivium. Bully for Valentine peaked literally in the first four songs of their first real album. Um, you know what I mean? It just it just happens. Slipknot, you would say if you get 85 percent of Iowa, you'd be absolutely buzzing. But you're not yeah. expecting that. You're not expecting that either. No, because, because you you say it'd be a good album. But it's it's not the same. Like it's like, like watching Cristiano Ronaldo play football now. It's not the same as how good he was in 2012, even if he scores 30 goals a season in the next two seasons. It's just not the same. It's not. And that's just all it is. So while I agree that this is a middle of the road track from a probably middle of the road album from a now, sadly, middle of the road metal band, um, we shouldn't be saddened or disappointed. I think I think it's just time to accept like sports, like films, like every path of life. Killswitch's summer has passed and we are now in the autumn of metalcore as we know it from the mid 2000s.
0: What I would say is I agree with everything that you've said there, but also just to add. You just kind of defend my point I said I said the same bit slip not people moaning why saying it like Iowa bands get older bands can't keep up the intensity but it's the thing it's
1: do you know what I mean you're right
0: if you want to listen to Iowa go fucking listen to it because it's a great album and I, I'm not I'm not saying that I'm upset that Killswitch aren't as good as they were when As Daylight like Dies come out because As Daylight like Dies came out 13 years ago so of course they're not but what I am saying is, when you when you when I'm listening to this song and I'm reviewing it as a fan, I've just gotta say that I just don't think it's very good. It's made, it's made me worried about the next album. I, as a Kills to Engage fan, as as when I break down Kills to Engage for the first seven years of the career, one of the favourite one of my favourite bands of all time, I'm going into atonement and the first thing I'm doing is listening to that song with Herod Jones on, and that's all I fucking care about. And I've got a feeling that I am not alone. I've got a feeling that this album, Atonement, every fucking person that <laughs> listens to it is <clears> going to <throat> go straight for Herbert Jones' track, just see what that sounds like, and the rest is just secondary. And I think the reason there is because everyone associates Killswitches... Well, I say everyone, it's unfair for me to say that. I associate Killswitches' greatest period as End of Heartache and as Dialogue Dies, which had Herbert on and nothing against Jesse. Jesse Leach is a fantastic vocalist, and I think he's a very nice guy. Uh, I've seen lots of interviews with him, uh, I think he's a good lyricist, great screamer, but for me, man, that period with Herod is fucking up there. That live show with Herod at the end of the end of Heartache Cycle that has uh, set this world ablaze, I've watched it a hundred times, I think it's fucking amazing. That that It's the best they've ever sounded, in my opinion. So I'm I'm listening to this Kills' album, and the first thing I'm thinking is, what's that same song sound like with Herod on? And then I feel like, I'm making a prediction here, I hope I'm wrong, I really do. I feel like my interest dwindles uh, swiftly after that song, unless it's an absolute 10 out of 10 rager. I feel like I listen to that song, and then the rest of the album is incarnate 2.0. Because Killswitch haven't released a song since In Due Time, which came out in 2014, that has made me think otherwise. So uh, yeah, I'm pretty concerned about the time, it's out in a month, we'll review it, we'll talk about it. I hope I love it. And if I don't love it, that doesn't mean that I don't love it because it doesn't sound like End of Heartache or as Daylight does because I'm not expecting it to. I'm just going to be like, I don't love this because I'm listening to it as a fan and I don't enjoy it. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think that's wise. So, mate, I was at 2000 Trees this weekend, got there on Thursday, got home on Sunday morning. Tell me about it. Mate, I've got to say it's the best festival I've ever been to. Man, you went to Download a month ago. I did go to Download a month ago. I'm, t- <laughs> I'm, I'm taking,
1: I'm taking. Nothing that was, from... that was, that was, that was quite a stint atop top of the all-time festival list for Download. It lasted three weeks. Jinder <laughs> G- Mahal had a longer fucking title
0: rank Yes, sadly. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not taking anything away from Download. I really enjoyed Download. Was amazing. I'm not taking anything away from Reading and Leeds, which I've been to three times. That was fucking great. Taking nothing away from Slam Dunk, also fucking great. But this festival, mate, the the layout is absolutely amazing because it's a medium-sized festival. Literally, the campsite is hundred steps away from the arena. Okay. Everything's close by. Uh, the vibe is really, really nice. I don't think I saw one arsehole there. Everyone was fucking. Everyone was lovely. Uh, the the stage setup was really convenient. Really close together. Uh, the silent disco at the end of the, of the, of the after the bands finish, I, I thought would be shit, but it turns out it was fucking wicked and I had an amazing time. But, man, the real reason was 2000 trees was for the bands. And fucking hell, mate, did I see some bands. I'm gonna condense them down just to the bands that I thought were fucking wicked, because, as I mentioned with download, no one wants to listen to me talk about 25 bands that I saw and reviewed them all because
1: <laughs> we're already 49 minutes into the podcast as well. <laughs> yeah. just when... you've, got, <laughs> you've got lives to
0: live. So, yeah. Sam, have you ever heard of Loathe? I do enjoy a bit of Loath, actually, mate. Fucking hell, I knew it. I knew it, and I knew like f- the, the two main songs: it's yours and White Hot. Yes, because they did a split EP with Holding Absence. And that's how I first got to know Loathe, and like they're really fucking low tuned, really bassy, heavy riffs. Yeah. I thought, I thought, man, I'm gonna really enjoy these, and boy, did I fucking enjoy these, mate. <laughs> these these scousers came and caused a fucking ruckus. They they were fucking nasty bastards. They played a new song that no one had heard, and I, I'm being serious. when I say we, we were fucking about in the pit, and then like we stood on the side for a second while they were playing this new song. It had the heaviest double bass drop I have ever heard on any song ever. To the point where me and Kelso and Rich, the two lads I was with, we literally had our mouths open staring at each other at how fucking heavy it was. It was the nastiest double bass drop I have ever heard in my life. When they released that song, I am gonna sit you down and put my <laughs> uh, and put my beats around your head and I'm gonna pay for fucking your hearing aids after after it's finished. <laughs> Cause it is the naughtiest, heaviest drop. Fucking hell mate, I could not believe it. I I've I i, I do not think I've ever actually been like mouth open, hands on my I'm head be, at a game. Yeah, gig like before. astounded at a song. It literally fucking blew my tits off. It was that fucking pulverizing. But they were they were fucking sick, man. They were really good. They've got like they've got a crazy energy. The the vocalist is an absolute fucking beast, man. Really, really enjoyed Loathe. Um, just after that, um, mate, I've I've played them to you a couple of times, but Turnstile, mate.
1: Nasty. Oh,
0: oh my god, mate. They were on the main stage. Yeah. And I swear to God, man, their lead guitarist is a fucking magician. Like, he was churning out these fucking riffs that I just could not believe, mate. They are Pantera as a hardcore band, they are.
1: They well, are that's, hard... that's, a, that's a
0: bold claim, sir. And I, I don't mean in terms of, like, they're going to end up being the size of Pantera no, no, of or, course, or, of or like, the influence of Pantera. But, mate, they are hardcore Pantera. Next, next time I see you, very mine, I'm just gonna rattle off because I know you've heard generator and the fucking yep. time signature changing. That it makes me fucking wank, but <laughs> the, mate, there's just other songs I was got to just chuck at you because they're lead guitarist, mate, I kept shouting in the crowd. He's fucking at it again, because <laughs> mate, he was, he was, he was chucking out these riffs, mate, and I would just the chug on him. <laughs> I just fucking couldn't believe.
1: Oh my god, I love how he's been described as like a child that keeps doing the same mistake
0: at school. He's acting again with his fucking riffs. (laughs) Mate. You're like a beleaguered father. It's incredible. They had a massive crowd on the main stage, which I love to see, because it's like, you know, turnstile. I'd never heard of them until this album Space and Time came out, but they pulled in a really big crowd. They're young, they're hungry. The bassist, mate, I've I've never seen a more energetic bassist in my existence. He was fucking running around the stage like a man possessed. But, mate, their absolute shining star of I'm a fucking bad boy is their lead guitarist. He fucking nailed it. He was amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm so on board with this band, there, mate. Like I, I really liked them before because I thought Space Time was a really good album. But hearing it live, it is fucking lit. An obsession in me with this band. They're fucking amazing. Wow. Um, this, but the, the next, all these bands I'm talking about, and I'll tell you when I go off. Th- this is Thursday. All these bands that I'm talking about here. <laughs> it was fucking amazing. I'll tell you when I go off one. Thursday. Okay. After these, um, the next band that I saw, I saw a few bands after, but the ones that I loved, Holding Absence. Oh, how was that live? So we reviewed the album and I said that when I first listened Makes to it, I was, like, I was like, I was like, I was don't like this. I was like, this is disappointing me a bit. And then I was like, I started to listen to it more and more. And I was like, oh, actually, this is this is really growing on me. That's when I, I think I gave it like a seven when we were still doing scores on albums because I was like, I didn't like it at the start. I like it now. And then I've been listening to it more and more since. And now I really like it. Seeing it live, mate, this band are going to be huge. Really? Like, yeah, huge... man, yeah. Well, a huge, huge. You now, I'm not expecting fucking download headlining, but I'm expecting like in terms of like the email scene. I think in these, I think these may end up being an of academy band. Okay, uh, fantastic. Uh, at, at the very least, because I, I think they've got they they had the perfect mix of characters in that crowd. They had. Uh, the young, the younger generation who will obsess over the merch and will buy the albums, etc. That had me, that like the middle generation that would that would just be there and uh, really appreciate the musical quality, and that crossover because of their style of music. Their style of music works for me and the young generation. And when that when the young generation could become my age, it will still be working for them yeah. because they're not like my Chemical Romance emo. They're not like where no, they're some, not. Where, they're not like where some fucking metal page can make memes about taking the piss out of them. And I like My Chemical Romance, but they are My chemical Romance are the poster boys for you know metal fans that think, oh, you mean that shit? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Holding Absence aren't like that because they're, they're not as. they have got a some bru-
1: really atmospheric, massive songs, especially have, on that album. That that there's there's a big hit. You're gonna have to remind me the title of the one. Like we're a Shadow. Yeah, and it's that's it. It's absolutely massive. And it's incredible.
0: It's sending fucking huge life. And they played a song called Saint Cecilia, which is on that EP split with Loathe that I was talking about, which which is a really like beautifully emotive song. They smashed it, they were fucking great. I sang every word. I was really, really into it, man. I really think they're gonna be they're gonna be an auto academy band. I I think I think Holding Absence are one of those bands that if you if you're like if you like being like one of those predictors that'll be like, ha, hey, told you so. Um start talking about this band being huge, because they're gonna be, I'm pretty <laughs> certain. I'm pretty certain after that set. Fair enough. And then headlining on the Thursday night Sam was while she sleeps. Now, did you see that Loz was had to yes, cancel this? I was tour? gonna I
1: was gonna ask you about this with the Holding Absence because I know that it was that vocalist that helped fill the gap.
0: So I am standing on at the second stage waiting for While She Sleeps to come on, thinking there's gonna be no loss. I don't know about this. I was like, oh, I Yeah know. man, like, this is a because, big part of their live thing. B- because while she sleeps rack off some of the most fucking slick riffs in the metal in like modern metal that you could hope to hear. Seven Hills, for example, how much time how many times do I talk to you about that song? Almost but, weekly, actually. Almost weekly. Um the guitarist the fucking sick man, Sean Long's an absolute boy. Um, but I'm standing there and so it's now like right I'm worried about this what they did was and it was fucking sick to see man they had like an assortment of vocalists help them it wasn't, oh okay like it a wasn't medley just, yeah it wasn't just Lucas Woodland they had the Shapes vocalist Griffin Dickinson help them for most of it but mate they had Liam Cormier of Cancer Bats come and do the final three <laughs> songs
1: I bet you were erect.
0: Mate, it went fucking off. It <laughs> fucking it went off, mate. Um, Lucas Woodland did Empire of Silence and a co-taught Tarsus of Blood, who we also saw were very good. He did Seven Hills. Uh, you can imagine what I was doing when that was on. Um, <laughs> and you know what, mate? It would have been so easy for Sleeps to be like, Oh, man, uh, Los isn't has got a quick has got a to the tour for personal reasons. I want to preface this with hoping that everything's all right for Los. Of course, um, but like they could have so easily been like Los is going to be here for personal reasons. We, we can't do the show. We're so sorry. We'll try and make it up to you. But man, you know what? They thought fuck that. We're going to turn up and we're going to play, and it was fucking great, mate. I was pissed. I was listening to one of my favorite bands play some of the fucking biggest bangers. I would have liked to have heard This Is The Six. They didn't play that. But you okay. know what, mate? You know what, mate? They opened on You Are We, Antisocial, Brainwashed, civil, civil Isolation, Fucking Sound. They I could finished, have got on after that. Mate, they finished on Four Wars, Guilty Party, Silent Speaks, Hurricane. Silent, Guilty Party, yeah, Silent Speaks, that... and Hurricane was all with Liam of Cancer Bats. Perfectly fine. Um, they were great. Also... Sub-question, I know it's a little bit off the wall, but do you think, based
1: on that set list, that While She Sleeps think their best albums, you are with?
0: I think While She Sleeps had to play a lot of their older songs because they were getting vocalists that weren't Loz. Okay, that's a fair counterpoint. Would you have expected to hear more of the new album, yeah. Had Loz Be There?
1: Yeah, I th- I've seen... Because it's like a greatest hit show, really. Not I that think... While She Sleeps are in that mode, but you know what I mean.
0: I think I'd have seen it, I've seen it all if Loz was there. Oh, what a song! Yeah, what a fucking song. Um, but you know they did—they did play like haunt me, Antisocial, and the guilty party. They're like, as well as I've seen it, or they're like the corner posts, aren't they? Yes, uh, of the absolutely. new album. So it, said, it, it, it would appear to me like they were like Los can't play. They were just like right. We'll just play the four main ones that everyone will have heard off the new album. few of the main ones that everyone's heard off the new album. And then get people in for what we know they'll know of uh, of the previous work. But, mate, they were fucking great, man. Under the circumstances, they were excellent. I really, really enjoyed them. Uh, again, just reaffirming as one of the great modern metal bands, aren't they? Just yeah. fantastic. Uh, you know, yeah, they've just announced a tour with Every Time I Die in Vain. Uh, we're going to try our hardest to fucking make it to that one, mate. We're going to try and figure something out because that's a lineup.
1: Yeah, it really, really is, dude.
0: Really, really is. So that was Thursday, and then we got on to Friday. There was a band on called Peng Shui. Now... (laughs) (laughs) I love that name. I don't know know if it's Peng Shui or Peng Shui. I'm not not entirely sure. However, the reason why I wanted to check them out is because they were one of the earlier bands on, and I'd read and been told that they were quite a good band, but I walked in that tent, and I had no fucking idea what I was going to expect. And, mate, they were fucking great. Three-piece... Yeah, rapper, bassist, what? Drummer. Rapper, bassist, drummer. Fucking sick, mate. Uh, basically, they're hacktivists with a much better drummer. Were they heavy? Yeah. You... So where's that coming from then? If it was just the bassist? Because mate, because the bassist fucking chucks it out. <laughs> 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 He's at it again. <laughs> yeah, mate. The bassist is a chucker. That's where. It, that's where it come from.
1: Oh, you should have said it at the start. I'd have
0: understood. <laughs> 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 I'm going to show you this band when, when next time you're coming on because I can't really explain so you've if... got
1: like six or seven to show me to be honest mate it's mate
0: just... I have a- a- apart from like saying that they're activists with a better drummer um, pretty, it's hard to really describe what they're like ok but, mate rappers rappers actually are really good like I reckon he could easily do MC like quite, quite easily he was really quick yeah, and but... fucking they had a really really grungy tone uh, but it all worked really well and their drummer is fucking sick Really, you know what, really I, I like time. that sort of stuff when you've got that sort of the grind rap element with the guitars. Well, you're, mate, you you are going to love these. sound like, really like, sort of like that. I'm, mate, I'm you're going to really like these. They're okay. right up your street. And am fucking man. There's a band called Roll Out to Massey, which I saw uh, they released... I know
1: a, of them, yeah.
0: They released a really, really great fucking album last year. Um And I, I was really looking forward to catching them. They're like... They, I can't describe what they're like. They're like metallic hardcore, but they're like Dillinger Escape Plan with keyboards. Yeah. Okay, um, but man, they had a really shit mix. The vocal, uh, it was gutting, go- man, because the vocalist I could barely hear her. Um, the the keyboard, the the keyboard and programmer, when he came and did his vocals with, her, I could hear him like crystal clear, but um, I couldn't hear the lead vocalist vocals man it fucking it sucked man because they were a really great band and I was really looking forward to seeing them but they were just killed by by a bit of a shitty mix man that was a bit gutting you're
1: always at the mercy of the same man aren't you always
0: <sighs> unfortunately but then mate headlining Friday uh, was Cancer Bats a band that we're going to see at Bloodstock now Cancer Bats I would have said to you three weeks ago well if we do miss them at Bloodstock I wouldn't be too disappointed no i I will not let us miss this band oh mate they were fucking superb i I actually remember i remember i remember reading loads of metal
1: hammer and kerrang features just about their live show from like a a furious sort of standpoint like years ago like around early gallows sort of time
0: yeah i'm not letting us miss these um i'm gonna i'm gonna put a question to you what do you think sabotage sounded like in a tent at 2,000 trees? Um, <laughs> fuck me. Um, like actual warfare, I think. Mate, I lost about 70% of my flesh. He <laughs> came out looking like fucking Eddie. Mate. I made a mascot. It was eviscerating. It, fuck me. It sounded absolutely huge. Now. Not massive on um, Cancer Bats' uh, back category. I know Hail Destroyer and a couple of songs I can do albums. I think, if I remember correctly, I reviewed it for someone. But, mate, they put on a fucking show. And what I I love when I I see bands is when I can tell that it really means something to them. Like, Cancer Bats are a band that, like, when they they tour the UK, they play, like, the, the really small, like, fucking... There's grease on the ceiling venues now. Yeah. I've, got no, I've got no doubt they enjoy that because the kind of r- ravaging hardcore they play is perfect for those venues. But when you put them to a stage that can fit fifteen hundred people in, and it's fucking Ramo, and people are literally imploding every song, you <laughs> could t- you could tell that it really meant a lot to so them. When they finished playing Sabotage, which was in the middle of the set, would you believe? Oh. When they finished playing Sabotage, Liam called me, out, come on the mic and he's like, you know, we've been playing that song for like nine years. But that was, that was really special, man. Thank you. Everyone started singing Cancer Bats to him. He, he, got, he started welling up. He was like, fucking stop it. You're going to make me cry. They finished on War Pigs by Black Sabbath, which was fucking cool. They didn't oh. even, they, they're barely, they're, Liam barely sung on out. The crowd, the crowd just sung everything, and they just played the fucking rhythm in the background. It was they were great. They were really good, man. Oh man, I love that. So on the Saturday, I hope you're all still with me, by the way. Oh yeah, dude. On the Saturday, I caught Lotus Eater. You remember when we reviewed that EP, and we were They're like, "They're fucking
1: mate, terrifying, they are, dude, <laughs>
0: mate." <laughs> mate, I've seen, mate. This is the third time I've seen them. I th- yeah, third time I've seen like seeing Lotus Eater. I saw them support Blood Youth, and I saw them support Make Them Suffer. And uh, I, this was this now uh, on the second stage at 2003. This is the third time, mate. That they are fucking horrible bastards. They, they are fucking. T- mate, the, the vocalist. We saw a few of the band's um, band members knocking about the festival cause it's because yeah. it's a medium-sized festival. Most of the bands just fucking jot about after, because they've got a free ticket, and they want to see all the other bands. That's so it. But we all said, I was like, if I see, like, I see vocals, I'm I fucking speaking to him. Because he, he looks he's like the ca- scary, he looks like the scariest bastard I've ever seen in my life.
1: Yeah, he sounds like it as well. Jesus.
0: <laughs> he crazy me. He always comes on the mic, and he's really, like, strong guys with Asian accent, and he's like, I want to see you fucking hurt someone. He's he's, <laughs> he's, <laughs> <laughs> He he said that t- the twice thing before. He elaborated further uh, two oh, thousand trees on the depths and he's, of the
1: hearse. That he and he to said,
0: say. he said, I'm going to share a secret with you. I really like seeing people get fucking hurt and mangled. So when we play this next song, I want to see you fucking ravage someone. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Mate, they drop, they drop mother, and they're like, okay, I, I, I look Treat, at the pit. a gig like the start of like the Mongolian Empire. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at the pit. And there was Elbows (laughs) A Plenty. An overwhelming surface of Elbow. (laughs) Mate, mate. it was fucking kicking off in there. But you know what, mate? They're a really sick band, man. I think they've got a big future ahead of them. I I like that EP. And hearing it live, mate, they're one of the few bands I've seen that they're they're better live. I prefer them live. The, the, The heaviness... And just their really, like, horrible, sometimes scary demeanour comes across a lot better live. They're, they're really good, man. Anyone that's into, like, fucking beat-down, nasty, hardcore, fucking, could uh, take on malevolent shit, Lotus say are right up you straight. Getting towards uh, the end of the uh, review now, saw a band called Higher Power, a band from Leeds. Again, not a band that I've ever listened to, but I'd heard they were quite sick. Um, they're kind of like... I looked at the Two Thousand Trees program. It said for fans of Comeback Kid and Turnstyle. So I said, I'm fucking turning up at these. I was like, let's have a look what these sound like. And you know what? They're for fans of Comeback Kid and Turnstyle. <laughs> Guitarist is a nasty piece of work yet again. At it 24-7. this uh, is really fucking punchy and punky. They've got like a really cool mix between your turnstiles and you're like kind of like sick of it all, kind of like pacey vocals, do you know what I mean? Really, en- really, really enjoyed yeah. that. So I'll, I'll be checking them out in detail, man. I really fucking like them. Headlining on the Saturday was Death of Arna, Sam. Oh, Chris. I love Death of Arna. Mate, so do I. Um, I missed the first three songs. Because I had to run back to the tent to grab the rest of the drink that we had. And fucking boy, did I get arsehole on that last night. <laughs> anyway, um, you know what, mate? They're poured in a big crowd. Uh, they played Happiness, which is one of my favourite songs off their um, album before last. Lovely little number, f- man. Uh, they finished on Sinner. Okay. I, you know, right. Death of I don't ever want to see them on a the big stage. And I don't mean that as, like, a negative to them, but their style is so much better suited to small, to small indoor uh, venues, yeah. which it does pain me that I don't think you've ever experienced them at such. I haven't. Um, but watching bands at festivals
1: are such a massive way for bands to interact with new fans, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, so you, you it's going to be hard if they've run around here, like, Playing in those sort of small, intimate venues because they're only playing in front of the 300 people that were already going to buy their album anyway. Do you know what I mean? I've... Yeah. That's the tough thing for them there.
0: But they played Little White Lies as well, which I really enjoyed. Which oh, that's second, nice. Which off the second album, they 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 spent they went all out on stage production. You know, the headlining oh, okay. the mediums. Head on a medium-sized festival. I spent that much on stage production that I can't imagine they got that much of a fucking profit uh, from yeah. from how much they got paid. They they really went all out, which is which was great to see. They sounded tight. Every, every, everything was great. It's just I want Death of Arna in small academy rings just because <laughs> academy venues. Just because I'm selfish and I want to experience them how well I like to experience them. But you know <laughs> what?
1: But you know what,
0: they were a a headline actor that I can can imagine will absolutely be invited to play again, because they were well received, uh, they did their shit well, and they captivated the kind of, I don't know, like, there were were like some older adults there that were really enjoying it, which... <laughs> you, you need to you, you need to bridge that gap at festival. They I can look forward like.
1: to being the dad slot in 10 years on another festival.
0: Kind of. I don't mean that as a that negative. They'll just be that was too flattered. I don't mean that as a negative, but mate, when you listen to that new Death of Honor album, what do you, what do you think they're going for?
1: Um, do you know what I mean? All, all the sad Yumi 6 fans that are annoyed at the last UmiX 6 album, probably.
0: <laughs> but, you know, I love Death of Honor. And... I enjoy that. Me too. But I'm starting to think, like, like, with, like
1: almost like with Kill Switch, I love a three album um, bit of Death of Honor that I'm starting to think will never happen again. Mate. Do you know what I mean? Like, I remember Death of Honor, I don't enjoy them. Do you know what I mean? That's so yeah. accurate?
0: Yeah. Mate, I've got to get to this next band. Okay. It was the greatest festival set I've ever seen.
1: Oh, good lord. You've seen some festival sets as well,
0: mate. Every time I die, oh, we're, okay. we're absolutely fucking amazing. It was it, and and I say that, and I one hundred percent mean the greatest festival set I've ever seen from any band: Metallica, Bring Me the Horizon, Slipknot, wow. Lamb, Lamb of God, Chuck them all at me. Architects, of my any any um, festival that I've seen, this was fucking... I cannot describe how great it was. So,
1: just to clarify, it was better than Def Leppard?
0: <laughs> Marginally.
1: <laughs> okay, okay.
0: I was right at the front for this because I said, I was like, you know what? I don't know whether I'm ever going to get to see this band in because I don't know whether I'm going to like enjoy it that much because they're playing an album in four that I don't really know that well. Um, I now like the newer stuff and yeah. I'm really into the newer stuff I think it's fucking great but this album I, I don't really know it was an album called Hot Damn which they released in 2003 they played it in full it took them 35 minutes to finish it mate Extraordinary. it was the most furious fucking nasty battering hardcore <laughs> mate it fucking kicked off it was absolutely fucking mental but, oh, this Sam this is how good it was I crowdsurfed. <laughs> no fucking way. You. Yeah. No, let me preface. Let me describe The reason why that's such a surprise is I hate crowdsurfers because they always land on me and it pisses me off. And whenever they land on me it gigs, Sam has seen me do this. I literally throw them.
1: Yeah he does I
0: throw them okay. away from me Because it fucking really annoys me But mate Describe uh, your level of inebriation please At this gig uh, Mate How could I be I'd sweat it all fucking out Because I'd get my head caved in By big scary bastards <laughs> Mate The the, the pit the, the pit was fucking punishing But mate I was that they played with such a fucking high level of intensity that, I, mate, there was that much adrenaline going through me. I tapped this absolutely fucking massive unit of a block. I went, mate, fucking get me up there. And he fucking flung me, mate. I went, fucking flying. And, mate, right, I, I was absolutely buzzing. I was having the fucking time of my life. And they, they did something that I've literally never seen a band do. The final song of the where they were playing the, the hot damn full... Keith Buckley, the vocalist, who's fucking amazing, by the way, he got the mic and he fucking launched it into the crowd. Right. Right. So so people were fucking pitting around the mic, grabbing it fucking about... The sound guy looked like he was about to have a fucking heart attack. He was like, what the fuck have you done? (laughs) Keith Buckley walks up to the kick drum, rips the mic out from underneath it, and does the dirtiest screaming to it, mate, that I've ever heard in my life. It was fucking carnage. It oh, was, my God. Mate, and the crowd, mate, the the crowd were absolutely just fucking snapping each other in half over it, mate. It was, I've never experienced anything like it. It was absolutely amazing. And I didn't want to say this when I was talking about While She Sleeps, because I didn't want to give it away. The idea of every time I die playing and going into While She Sleeps is one of the greatest things I've ever heard in my life. You must see this band live, Sam. You have to see them live. It's one of the great, it's one of the most mental things I've ever seen in my life. They're amazing. I've read so many times that every time I die, they're one of the best live bands in the game. And I thought, oh, really, though, like, how great can they be? Mate, go see them and fucking find out for yourself. They were absolutely stunningly good. I I left that fucking um, one-hour set feeling like a literally different human being. I got that much of a shit kicked out of me. But I absolutely loved it. They, they wow. were fucking phenomenal. 10 out of 10. Best festival set I've ever seen from a band. They are amazing. I'm obsessed with the idea of putting you in an arena where every time I die are, because you would love it. They were fucking amazing. And, and mate, when he took the fucking... The, the mic broke. They, they took him like four minutes to get another mic. The second <laughs> guy looked so pissed off. Mate... I just couldn't believe it. Got the mic and fucking launched the crane, ripped the one in from underneath the fucking kick pedal and fucking bellowed into it. It was glass, man. Oh, amazing. Wow. Re- really, really incredible. One of those bucket list things you have to see every time I die live, man. All right, man. F- fucking amazing. Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, So that was my review of 2000 Trees. Best festival I've ever been to. Um, <laughs> I feel like was... I'm a different human. I this really <laughs> fucking hell. It was fucking incredible. Um, I hope, I, I hope that I'll go again because it was just such a, a fucking wonderful wonderful festival. If you're still with us, mate, there's a new The Is murder album mate. I in forgot ele- we're reviewing this as well, shit. <laughs> in 11 in 11 days, well by the time this podcast comes out in 9 days July twenty sixth, human Target by the artist murder. It's out on Nuclear Blast. I do want to actually give a, a thank you for Nuclear Blast early for giving us a, yeah a, man an, an, an advanced copy Shout of this album. Shout to Nuclear Blast in general. They've sent me the new Sabaton album as well, which I'm looking forward to hearing. Man, Nuclear Blast are fucking bad boys, man. I love yeah, working with, I huge, love working with sad. Nuclear Blast, especially Joe Narn. He's a fucking awesome publicist, man.
1: Yes, yeah, setting um, set us up with those interviews as well. If you remember, that was that was yeah, was, that was, that was re- all Nuclear re- Blast too.
0: Really, really cool uh, music publication, man. So, mate, Human Target. I'm actually going to pass to you first uh, for this before I chime in, because I I think we're going to go for a while here. Um, What what I'll preface this with, um, your favourite, though, is Murder Album is Hate, is it not? Correct, yes. right. I remember when me and you we knew of the Murder, but we never really listened to them, and we thought of them as like our oh, gimmicky deathcore band that aren't going to do anything much for us. And then we heard a few of their songs playing some nightclubs, and I was and, like, hey, and they did they, like, they did lots for us. Yeah, they did. lots I was like, hey man, you know this is the Artist Murder. You we were like, fuck off this, and then before you know it, oh my god, we love the Arties Murder. Yes, it was a fairly fairly quick transformation, actually, wasn't it? So, give me a yes or no to this. Mm-hmm. Tell me, did, did you love this?
1: Love's a strong word. Um, okay. I liked it a lot as a friend. Okay. I'd like to see it, it again. <laughs> <laughs> see how things go. I'm not ready to commit to it right now.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, imagine that this was the first artist murder album that you heard. Yeah, I'd, I'd love it then. Right, okay. Go, the floor is yours. Okay, all right. Now... Um, at first when I heard this,
1: my biggest fear with Thyatis Murder is that I'm going to hear the same album just over and over again until I die. And <clears throat> uh, for, at first I thought that that's what I was getting. Um, and because if you just scan, listen, Thyatis Murder, you won't be able to tell the difference. Um, I'm not saying that as a criticism of other music journalists, but... If you just sit someone down for like 20 minutes and just rattle them through Is mode and then ask them to differentiate the songs, they'd have trouble. Because there's a lot of similarities there, and stylistically. However, this album did start to grow on me after the second and third listen. I thought that it was... I thought that it was... And I, I use this word hesitatingly because I'm not pretending that Art have turned into a different band. But if you listen to Thigh Art as much as you and i do i think it's easy to spot the progression here um it's it's a more thoughtful fire artist murder album it's a little slower um it's a little more expansive it's a little bit more atmospheric there are more uses of clean guitar as a not only a preface but also a bridge and i've enjoyed that immensely there are a couple of songs on here that i think are terrific not just for how much it kicks my ass which is usually what i go for uh, in Thyatis is Murder before. Also how much it genuinely I think it feels like a really complete song. Um the the sort of the the sort of the progression here I think is is, is actually that's is actually quite evident. And you're still gonna get with Thy Artist Murder those incredibly, incredibly heavy songs and I really, really enjoyed that. And I think the majority of this album is that that but the ones that i really enjoyed the ones where they did seem to take a step forward like chemical christ and eye for an eye um obviously i loved make america hate again which is by the way is the archetypal thirties murder single it sounds like puppet master it's going to be heard in every extreme metal club ever and it's fucking sick but that's not what i want to talk about Uh, i want to talk about these progressions of these songs like chemical christ and eye for an eye where the band have clearly changed the style slightly but enough to retain their overall view. I think this is a really really good album. I think this is the right step for Thy Artist Murder. I think this is an important step for Thy Artist Murder and like when I heard um Architects album preceding more, more than oh, bloody hell, I'm struggling with the names. Um the Architects album that came before the very recent one that's just come out. Um, oh, all Our Gods Have Abandoned Us. All Our Gods Have Abandoned Us. When we sat there and I said that this sounds like the next album is going to be amazing. And I feel the same with this, actually. I feel that this The Artist Murder album is a bridge that's going to take us to a version of thigh art that we didn't actually think was possible two or three years ago i think this is really good in places i think this is brilliant in places i think this is thoughtful in places. and i think this is excellent in places there is still there are still parts of this where i'm like not rolling my eyes of such but i've heard it before and there are songs here that just sound like they've gone back to the blueprint or they're trying to appease a subsection of fans that they don't want flack off but There's some parts of this here where it just sounds like they're opening the door to real musical, real musical progression without losing any of their heaviness and fervor. And I think there's a world next couple of years where Thy Artist Murder take another step like this. And we could be looking at one of the prominent 21st century death metal releases. I really believe that this album in isolation, though, sounds like a weird trans not like a, a weird transition, such, but it does sound like a transitional album from one thing to another. What do you think?
0: Let me ask you another question first. Um, They've done their last four albums, including this one with Will Putney. Do you think they should change producer?
1: It depends what they want to do.
0: To well, if they, with... if they want to do what you just said, because <laughs> it's quite clear that if it's, if, they do, if the producer is Will Putney, he's done the last four records, then it's going to be this... So I will put it back to you. Okay. If if they do, if you basically in, in when you listen to the last four <sighs> records, do you think that the production has got enough room to manoeuvre and allow them to expand the way that you want them to, or, uh, or, or would hope that they could?
1: Yes, yes, and no. I think I think I, I don't understand like I'm dodging your question, but it, if it's if it's murder telling the producer what to do, as it is with most bands after a certain amount of success. Then you could probably put anybody there with with ability to do a mixing board. That being said, if it's more of a combinational thing, then I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world. Uh, because I thought at times his production mix here was poor, um, only only because they are, um, only because CJ was surprisingly low at times.
0: Yeah, at times like I did at times like fucking. I, to, uh, I Lee, to like Lee fucking so to stand
1: to put the earphones back in. and think I've like, I've i messed up the bass like frequency on my earphones or something like that i really thought there was something going on because it just sounded too bassy and too like everything was it sounded like you just put everything at the same volume and then the drums and the bass just cut past everything as they always would if you make everything as loud as each other so in that regard i'd like a different producer moving forward in general actually um while we're opening ourselves up to like little quandaries like that but if if his Murder is just CJ sitting down next to a bloke saying, these are the songs, record them, then does it matter?
0: Um, no, and I don't know what kind of relationship uh, they have with Will Putney during the recording process. Uh, I mean, Will Putney's done some bad boy albums. Will Putney has, and yes. including like always oh, Murder previous four,
1: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Of which, of which some are very, very, very good.
0: But I was just curious as to whether that you think that uh, potentially it would be time for them to to move on if they were. Do you Steve.
1: do you do you hear the expansion that I'm hearing, am I, or am I overthinking like thirty seconds of of music here? Because so, I'm I'm hearing I'm hearing a subtle change. So, so this is where I am. Okay.
0: I when, I. when I listened to this, the first time I listened to it, I was like.
1: Same, oh old, same no. old I was like,
0: oh no. I was Uh-oh. like, oh shit. Like, uh, not as in like, this is bad, as in like, this is just. I'm just kind of like, not getting it because it's, it's exactly the same as what I've heard before. Then I took a few days and thought about it. Uh, and, and I quickly realised that. At the end of the day, mate, this. Th- this is the this is the problem with deathcore death metal bands, isn't it? Because how long can they do it for before you just like, oh yeah, man, another album, cool. I'm sure there'll be a few decent breakdowns on it. And when I don't you think look, we're at that point, aren't we? Uh, well, I'll, I'll I'll get to that. Um, I think that when you look back, you know that Suicide Silence album that we didn't enjoy. It wasn't good. It was a bad album.
1: Yeah, yeah. But, it was.
0: It was. Bad. But I, I look back and I think I get it, man. I understand now why why they did that. Yeah, the because, thought process, but not the execution. Yeah, the thought process was was spot on. The execution left something lacking. But you know, I don't think I don't think <laughs> like their career, Songs. <laughs> I don't think their careers. Are, I think I think they're one sick album away from everyone just forgetting that self-titled one and moving on. However, what I'm talking about is this, and you probably you probably think I didn't like this album. I actually think this is great. My second and third listen much like you. I'm, I'm much it, more got to grips yeah. with it. Like, it is a grower,
1: I which I never thought I'd ever say about The Fire Murder, but it is a real, it is a grower.
0: This is heavier than Dear Desolation.
1: It's much better than Dear Desolation, actually, I think.
0: Yeah, I, I prefer it as an album to Dear Desolation. Doesn't it make
1: Dear Desolation seem poor by contrast, actually, now you look back a bit? I think we let I off, th- it. you know what I mean? And that sounds th- pretty strange.
0: Yeah, look, I think my thing with Dear Desolation, when it first came out, I liked it so much because I liked Puppet Master so much.
1: Yeah, we we like breakdowns and things where yeah. they DJ shouts at me.
0: Um, but l- looking at this now, I actually have started to go towards Holy War as my favourite do-art album because I think Holy War is much cleverer than hate in terms of lyrically. Now, I know what? that... Li- <laughs> I, think Holy, I, I think Holy War is much cleverer lyrically than how hey, Holy War is an, is an entire album based around... You've got gym. to
1: be the only Thigh murder fan who thinks that.
0: Not not simply, not simply
1: because I think you're Clever wrong. Cleverer lyrically? No, Surely no, no, but, not. Not because I think you're wrong. It's because he it was just a Thigh Art being like, ooh, this metaphor... Like, is that... You might be the only person who's taken that from the album just in general. That's, well, uh, no, but
0: there's only so many times you can listen to a breakdown before it's just not as impactful as the first time you heard it. Oh, I think that's absolutely fair.
1: I think that's absolutely fair. And I I think Holly worries, is better lyrically. I agree with you. It's just never a point that may, may have ever been said. Ever.
0: Like... I applaud... Wait,
1: genuinely, I applaud you for it.
0: Like, when you listen to Absolute Genocide on... Uh, on Holy War... Yeah. Like... The... The the, the breakdown is amazing... But what eventually becomes more... More prevalent... Is how fucking intelligent the lyrics are... And how fucking impactful they are... When fucking CJ... Screams... Human scum burning in a body bag... And it fucking (sighs) burns into the double kick pedal... It's fucking amazing. Like, the, the, the lyrical content makes the fucking whole thing seem much heavier. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, it... I agree.
1: Although, The Artist Murder fans at the background, man, this vocabulary is blowing my head <laughs> off. You're making the jokes, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I know. I, ab- I absolutely do. I absolutely do. The, the the songs are not as impactful unless the phrasing matches the notoriety. And I completely agree with you. It's just the. Honestly, mate, it is the rarest point. It's <laughs> like, just the rarest point, that's all.
0: And hate. As amazing, I think Hate's great, and you've got Shadow of Eternal Sin. You've got obviously Reign of Darkness, Infinite Forms. Oh yeah. my god, <laughs> the, the breakdown in Infinite Forms. I mean, it, we could go on and on, um, but, uh, but you know, Hate is is the lyrics are based around like you know <laughs> demons and like some and like weird fucking like crazy kind of fucking. Stuff you could think about in your fucking darkest nightmares, fucking yeah.
1: ghosts yeah, and Yeah, dogglies, yeah. It's, fucking... it's it's
0: horror it's horror writing, isn't it? Yeah. Um whereas it's I think Holy is much is much more intelligent lyrically and uh, it cut it just cut started to gravitate. Yeah, it's, to gravitate it's political commentary,
1: which they started to actually dabble in. And 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 death metal is metal, I think actually. I think metal is nastier when you can relate to the lyrics just in general. Absolutely.
0: And I feel like going getting to human target. This album step, takes another step towards that. Um, now, I know Puppet Master on, dear Slasham was, was also um, political, but this Make America Hate Again is clever, um, it's poignant, and it's fucking nasty. Now, I think I was listening to this album at first and I was just a bit like, oh, man, so it's just another deathcore album or death metal album. And then I quickly realised that hang on, that's what I love this band for. And when I when I listened, and I really listened to like how fucking nasty some of these songs are. Man, there's a mosh call on New Gods where CJ screams, Your future is genocide. It's fucking horrible. And yeah. there's one on um Did We Fail or Just Give Up on Eternal Suffering. And it just fucking explodes into this nasty breakdown, man. And I think this this band—they're the greatest deathcore band going—that you know. And what Ever? we haven't what we haven't said yet is that you know, those murder are one of like the top fifty biggest metal bands in the world, really. Yeah. And and like I, I I don't mean that in any kind of jest; that they, they legitimately are. This is just as monstrously heavy as anything they've done prior. Yes. And I think that Will Putney has. Mm, has almost mastered how to make their rhythm section sound. At times, it was a bit weird how CJ was lower in the mix than everyone else, and it was a bit odd. But oh, man, Andy Marsh and Lee Stanton on this album—the the drummer and the rhythm guitar. yeah he,
1: he, that, that that's unfair. What they're able to conjure,
0: mate, how, how these riffs and fucking uh, fucking blast beats are legal? I, I have no idea. <laughs> fucking the <yeah>, fucking NP. <laughs> The NYPD needs to take a look at this shit. Um, <laughs> but this album is, a, is an absolutely fucking great death metal slash I'm go- In fact, I'm not, it's a death metal album. This is an absolutely fucking great. It's, a, death great, it's metal. a
1: great metal album. You know what I mean? Like it's just a great metal album. Um, it, it's got it's got some real it's got some real depth to it. I think as well. Like I like I said for for me, I oh, genuinely because I thought with "Dear Desolation." It was really we were like, oh, it's Spartan. It's gone back to like being really barbaric and almost tribal. But then it had nothing else to it, you know. And 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 I think they've 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 come back to the idea, or at least expanded on the idea, that you need a bit of depth, you need a bit of tone, you need a bit of of a variety, even if it's like, you know, between sinister and heavy. And I, I do think it adds another level to their music that is otherwise. One, one monochromatic. Do you know what I mean?
0: What I would say, and and the best way to describe this album is when we were reviewing Dear Desolation, we were talking about how there are certain parts of it that you could just enjoy as a mu- as a musician. Yes. Whereas this album is perfectly catered to every Die is Murder fan. Yes. If you love Die Hard is Murder. You will love this album. I just want to ask you: Do you miss the solos?
1: Yeah, but I think there should be solos in every metal band.
0: Yeah, you love the solos. Yeah. I, lo-
1: I love the solos. I think every. I think my songs will be improved by guitar harmony. Um, <laughs> to be honest, I'm I'm very biased that way. Altair Road, two lead guitarists just make it happen. <laughs> He's doing fucking sixteen remixes of that song a day. You tell me, oh, I can't get one with fucking James Hetfield in it. Not, not one, not through, one yeah. <laughs> just not one with with a guitar harmony or a pinch harmonic, just something,
0: but man, I think that this album when when I think when we look back at is murder in ten years this is it, the next album really stick or twist is it isn't it? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I would like to say that, but it might just be stick or stick in a slightly less sticky way. You know, I I'd, don't
0: think they can afford to do that, Sam. Do you not? Not for when I stood there talking to Andy Marsh, I don't think they can afford to do that. From what he was saying to me, when he was saying like, all we want to do is be a great metal band that will that will stand the fucking test of time, and we don't want to be a band that ever just played it too safe all the time and like and, and said, oh, they can only tour with XYZ band because that's how they sound. Uh, man, they want they want to be able to talk, talk with Kill Switch. They want to be able to tour with fucking At The Gate. They want to be able to tour with fucking uh, Morbid Angel. They want to be able to tour with everyone. So to be able to do that, you need an album that ticks every box in metal. And the next album is either that or stick to this. I'm happy either way. This is fucking great. I really like this album. They're going to need... They're going to need choruses then. Or real ones. And I think they might need a different producer.
1: Yeah. And... My, maybe, my... maybe let their lead guitarist go a little bit longer.
0: You know what, man? Get fucking Terry dating Okay. Pan, pan, Pantera producer. Get fucking Terry dating He loves... He loves the fucking riff he does. Chuck you... him on. See what see Do you know what I mean? See, pay the money... Oh, it's fucking expensive. Pay the money, see what he can do with you. Um, and you know what? If it goes to shit and it doesn't quite work... Then have the next album be fucking Human Target Two and everyone will just forget about it. But if if Thought Is Murder do want to be a band that they can say ticks all the boxes in metal and can't just be constrained to oh yeah death metal band, because you know when I said to him I don't just want to call you a death metal band, he was like oh cheers, he, like, he did, They were like because that's not what we want. We don't want to just be called death metal band. We want to be something more. So and I think the way you all do right. that is by is by taking a fucking chance on yourselves. With that said. They don't have to take a chance on themselves, for me. On second and third listen, i realised just how much of a fucking banger this album is. That, you know, it, it's kind of hard to review a Loyalty's Murder album outside of saying, man, the breakdowns are going to blow you, blow you away, and the fucking, the blast beats, they're going to sound like your head's getting fucking hit with a shovel. That's so kind course. of, because that, that's, that's Loyalty's Murder. But, yeah. CJ sounds the best he's ever sounded in my opinion on this album.
1: Yeah, I I I agree. I agree. He sounds he sounds he sounds incredibly angry, he sounds vitriolic. Um counterpoint on your producer idea, if you really wanted to go for something new, how about Devin Townsend?
0: What a shout. What a shout. He could fucking certainly float some weird inst, ideas. In inst,
1: inst, instrumentation, um progressive te- uh, progressive ideas, but also he's he's been he's been in the production room with some genuinely very popular metal bands, metal albums got massive um influence around the genre could bring other people in um i'm just saying either that or will get rick rubin and just go for broke and be like what did you do to slayer in the 80s yeah do that just, to us please just
0: be like we're gonna spend all the money we possibly can produce that rick beg you
1: <laughs> yeah yeah
0: but randy human target off i think this album is fucking great it's it's much better than what I thought it was going to be. I remember when I, first, when I listened to Human Target, the first song from the album, and I was like, if it's if it's 10, 11 songs of this, I don't know whether I'm going to be that into it. And
1: yeah, it I was like that as too.
0: It, as it turns out, it's not 10, 11 songs of Human Target, because Human Target's one of the weakest, fucking uh, slower songs on the album, believe it or not. Yeah, or that, I think some that's the like, Oh
1: no, it's, it, we're still definitely. don't worry. And then the some of, of the it...
0: shit is fucking pummeling, voyaging into death.
1: Yeah, man, fuck.
0: Jesus. Man, it's wild. And I also love that bit on Death Squad Anthem where it slows down and says, you're going to fucking get it. And then fucking the the drums kick back in. Fucking sick, man. Yeah. And Make America Hate again. Really clever album. Really clever um, song title. The lyrics are sick. Video's sick. i have been. into be, it, man.
1: And we were waiting for like three years for a really nasty heavy metal band to get really angry about American politics. And I'm just finally glad that someone's fucking done it like.
0: Yeah. Man, that was... Uh, man, that was a, that was an episode, bro. <laughs> another another one? <laughs> so that was our review on uh, the Artis Murders album, Human Target. It's out on the 26th of July. And that does bring an end to this week's episode. Uh, it's been another fucking long one. Maybe it's just the festival things, man. Maybe I should need to fucking... You might be all be glad to know at home that I'm not going to another one there to bloodstock with Sam uh, in three weeks, which will be awesome. Now... For the next episode, I'm not entirely sure as to what we'll be reviewing just yet. But what I can tell you is that we are going to do a special episode to review the Slipknot album, which comes out on August the 8th or 9th, I believe. Um, so we'll be doing a special episode to review that one because we won't be doing an, ep- uh, an episode that week. Um, away from that, I'm not entirely sure what we'll be reviewing uh, on the next episode, but I'm sure I'll find something nasty to chuck in Sam's fucking nose. <laughs> that sounds That's wonderful. So, a reminder that the outro to this episode is going to be uh, Emissions by I Overthrown. Follow us, Twitter at noiseuk, Facebook.com forward slash Knowledge UK. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube and like the video if you get a chance. Thanks for listening to this episode. We will be back in two weeks. We love you. Bye.
1: you not based.